0: Happy Thanksgiving family. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Fernando and your host for today. Chin up. Put your chin up. Stay positive. Let's go ahead and start our exercises by thanking God we can move our toes. Thank you God we can move our heels. We can stand on our our palms of our feet. We can raise ourselves up. Thank you God we can bend our knees and move our hips. Thank you, God. We can sit down and get up and wipe our own butts. Hallelujah. Thank you for coming in today's podcast. Let's go ahead and move to the left, a little bit move to the right. Raise your hands and move your fingers and say, thank you, God. I have fingers. Thank you, God. I have wrists. Thank you, God. I have elbows. Perfect. Thank you, God, for my shoulders. Thank you for my hands. Okay, let's thank God for our hands and our fingers. Remember, our hands are worth a billion dollars a piece, you know. Our feet are worth a billion dollars apiece. Our heart is worth $10 billion. Kidneys and pancreas. Thank you, God, for all these things. Thank you for our liver. Thank you, God, for our lungs. Thank you for the water. Thank you for the blood and the system. Thank you for the immune system. Thank you for our brains. Hallelujah. Yeah, thank you, God, for our brains. We can be brainiacs. And learn how to be thankful that we got brains. Hello, God gave us brains to use. Let's be grateful. That's wisdom at its highest level. Thank you, God. The respect and the fear of God is the highest wisdom we can get because we actually puncture wisdom. We're able to see, see further and beyond. And let us be thankful for our eyes. Thank what we, for our ears, the skin that we have, and this time that we have had on earth to learn to love. That's what we're here for. We're, we're learning how to love. So let's give some love and forgiveness to others. Let's go ahead and say uh, the set-aside prayer, please. God, I set aside everything I know about anything, about you, my fellow man this life these regulations these hidden objectives that we can't see these principles that we're to live by clapping our hands rejoicing and giving thanks when we can't see the answer thank you for sending us the supply Lord, supply of hope faith restoration thank you for sending us the supply of, of goodness and mercy thank you for sending us the supply Of abundance and benefits and cheerfulness and joy. Thank you for the supply of thanksgiving. Even though the supply is not here, but it will come if we should have it. And we all agree that we should have it. Yes, yes. Can I get a yes? Amen. It will surely come. Amen. Amen. In His name we pray. In the name of your God, my God, we pray. Let it be so amen all right today's story i'm going to be reading is a letter that was sent to the grapevine in june 2000 it works at work beautiful title it got my attention i was in a grapevine meeting yesterday with a lovely lady and her dog and her dog oswald (laughs) huge labrador Uh, He doesn't look like he has many days left, up in age, so he was right by my side for me to give him love, and I was actually praying for him that God would give him more days as we were in the park reading, so uh, I stink it. (laughs) I went to work that day, and I went uh, went to uh, clean a friend's yard. He's in the hospital, put out the trash cans, and do some UPS and some Just common small basics. And his dog was there. And he was smelling Oswald on me. So that was pretty cool. He has a beautiful white German shepherd. Very rare. And very humble. Like a prized animal. Anyway, getting back to our story. It works at work. Now remember the word it is significant. Remember God hides his goodness and his mercy and his kindness and his benefits right in front of people's eyes but if we're not humble it'll pass us right over our heads so humbleness is saying Lord I don't see the supply for it here yet but you wrote it in your word but it will come if we should focus on it and ask for it it will surely come amen and and the title of the reading is It Works at Work. It Works at Work. Here we go. A frustrating morning at work drove me to a noon AA meeting where I was called on to share. I unloaded my frustrations of working with people who care only for themselves. A co-worker had, I thought, intentionally misled me about the location of a business meeting where, uh, as a trainee, I was to observe him facilitate. This, I thought, was my big chance, and he seemed intent on elbowing me out of the limelight. Four years of both college and sobriety had resulted in an unfinished degree of the title of clerk. No matter how hard I work, nothing seems to make difference in either my income or my title. I was ambitious and hardworking, but with no direction. I repeatedly asked my sponsor when I would know what direction I should take at work. His response was always, just show up and be of service. After I concluded my whining, Joe D. was called on. He looked at me and said, Debbie, no one was happier than I was that you worked the steps. Now, why don't you try working the traditions? Start with the first one. It was explained to me that to put our common welfare first, I would have to put myself second. Tradition one meant putting ourselves to the side and working for the greater good. This was not what I expected to hear, but I had run out of ideas and became willing to try doing it differently. It didn't take long for me to realize that in order to consider the common welfare of my work group, I had to be willing to let go of my resentments toward them, specifically toward my co-worker. I had to look for my part in the situation because I knew By this time, that people didn't usually avoid me without good reason. I remember that a couple of times at a meeting which my co-worker was leading, I had fired some of my sarcastic but funny comments at his expense. The group laughed, but I remember the look in his eyes. No wonder he was avoiding me. He couldn't control what was coming out of my mouth. I had to clean up my side of the street with him and did so by telling him that I was both aware of and sorry for what I had done and in the future I would make every effort to support rather than embarrass him. I asked him if there was anything I could do to be of service to him. He didn't jump at my offer. A few weeks later I saw an opportunity to be of service and I asked him if he liked me to assist. With the design of a presentation layout for the training course he was preparing. It was an important project and one that had, he had put a great deal of time and effort into. He accepted my offer. This time, I had a different motive than before, designing to, to meet the needs of the presenter and the audience instead of my own desire to be paid more or singled out for praise. As the design began to take shape, I did my attitude about my job. So did my attitudes about my job. I began to experience the true satisfaction of being a worker among workers. I found that I had an opportunity to help make something that fostered confidence rather than panic in the presenters. I even found opportunities to apply humor into the presentation. Not the wicked kind that hurts, but the witty kind that can help people feel good. The the week prior to the big event, my co-worker asked me to accompany him because, as he put it, I will have more confidence if I know you are there to help if anything goes wrong with the presentation. Imagine that. As I worked the first tradition to the best of my ability, I noticed a sense of well-being at work and an increased interest in others. It had never occurred to me before that the result of working the traditions might be the same as working the steps. And the effect of tradition one continued to amaze me. A few months after the big event, my co-worker's wife entered the AA fellowship for the first time. The combination of relief, gratitude, and awe at the power of the AA program washed over me when I realized that my behavior outside of AA could affect either positively or negatively a newcomer who had not yet entered our doors. What would they have thought of this program if I had not cleaned up my side of the street and worked Tradition One? Thank God we will never know because my co-worker's wife liked what she saw, wanted what we had and has just celebrated two years of sobriety. It is my privilege to be her sponsor. What about my career and the title that I had been so anxious to attain? It comes as no surprise to me that my current job is to identify areas of need in organizations and then design information systems that will meet those needs. As for my job title, it was probably changed when I completed my degree somewhere around 2001. I imagine that. Deborah M. from Richland, Washington. Thank you, Deborah. Very interesting, Bill W. was a similar uh, attitude when he trained for the for being in the uh, attorney. He, he trained for law. He didn't like that, of course. He was drunk half the time. And of course, he was uh, more like an investigator for stocks, looking for you know, uh, situations, but in the fact, it's almost in the same degree. We look for ways in tradition one, we look to ways in how we can be a worker among workers. If somebody's working to, a, to a, trying to get the message across while they're speaking, us paying attention and, and, and being there for them gives the newcomer respect in the audience imagine that what a great story and now we're going to go ahead and turn to uh, another story we read so amen let's go ahead and uh, pray with the serenity prayer please God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Okay, listen to the twelve step or uh, the seven step prayer, please. My Creator, I am now willing that He should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that You now remove from me every single defect of character that stands in the way of my usefulness to You and my fellows. Grant me the strength as I go out from here. Do your bidding. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and read the next story. The next story is called The Ability to Love. The Ability to Love. This grapevine story come to us from May of 1962. It was sent into the grapevine. Outstanding, outstanding stories. Here we go. Since my first day in AA, I have been hearing about love as manifested in our fellowship. I heard the members talk about the privilege of making 12 step calls, the love they felt for drunks. I sat through these meetings nursing the shame that I did not always feel this. Now, let me read that again because it just went right over my head. <laughs> Since my first day in AA, I have been hearing about love as manifested in our fellowship. I heard the members talk about the privilege of making 12-step calls. Okay, got it. The love they felt for drunks. Got it. I sat through these meetings, nursing the shame that I did not always feel this. Got it. I understood now. In trying to work the honesty part of the program, I had to admit that I did not always like to call on drugs and that I had little tolerance or patience with them. I accepted the calls because I had been taught from the beginning that my sobriety depended upon it. There was also an element of fear. If I refused to take calls, I would be criticized by the group and their approval was of utmost importance to me. When I had to call on a particular long bottom alcoholic, I sometimes felt actual revulsion. This honest evaluation of my feelings was as far as I could get. I was filled with guilt and self-loathing because of my attitude. I tried discussing this with one or two other members, but they didn't seem to understand. I finally got to the point where I couldn't tolerate the word love because I thought I could not experience it. It, I couldn't believe that others could. I called them phonies. I cried that they were desecrating the word, practicing cheap emotionalism. I noted that Christ had commanded us to love one another. I reasoned that it was a commandment. Then it must be a thing that I could, could be willed. At this point, I decided I must be hopeless. The more I willed it, the more elusive it became. I have always found beauty in the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi, I have heard it referred to many times in our literature and meetings, and carried a copy of it in my wallet. One day, while reading this prayer, the full realization of its meaning began to come through to me. This saintly man was praying to God that it be granted that he seek to love more than to be loved. Not that he expressed love to its fullest, not that he expressed it at all, not that he seek it completely, but only that he seek it more than he sought to be loved. Hope began to grow in me. I suddenly realized that here was a man who had lived through the same experience as I, reaching across the centuries to me. The hard cord of my guilt began to disintegrate and there came to my mind what I have always considered as two key words in AA, willingness and grace. I must become willing to seek to love more than I sought to be loved and ask God's grace in granting this. We are our desires. If I began to desire the ability to love, so would it be granted? We are our, our desires. We are our desires, our joys. If I began to desire, have joy, the ability to love, so would it be granted? Slowly, very slowly, I began to feel a stirring within my soul. Meetings seemed to have a greater depth. I began to feel a new emotion towards the newcomer. Twelve-step calls were indeed a privilege. I began to feel love could this be love? Yes, I remember that there are degrees in everything. Because I had not felt the great love for mankind as expressed by a Schweitzer or a Gandhi, I thought I was capable of, I thought I was incapable of any love. The alcoholic perfectionist, now, when I attend meetings, it no longer bothers me to hear the members speak of love. I am not sitting alone with guilt and shame. I am sharing. I belong. I am part of the group. God grant that I may continue to seek, not so much as to be loved, as to love. God grant us that we may continue to seek, not so much to be loved. As to love. Continue to seek as to love. Wow. What an article. That comes to us from Kentucky. Thank you so much for the article. Ability to love. Lexington by the way. Kentucky. Anonymous. The book I'm reading from. There's a picture on the cover. It's called Emotional Sobriety. The Next Frontier. And you can get it at aagrapevine.org for your enjoyment. Thank you so much for coming in today's Thanksgiving. Let us go ahead and give thanks to God and close out with the Lord's prayer, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back, family. It is working, it works, it is our supply. Take care. Happy Thanksgiving once again.